0: You're listening to the Sketchnote Army Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Rohde, the author of the Sketchnote Handbook and the Sketchnote Workbook. And this is the podcast where I chat with sketchnoters and visual thinkers and try to understand what makes them tick. Hey, are you looking for the ideal sketchbook for your sketchnoting practice? The Sketchnote Idea Book is... The sketchbook designed for sketchnoters. Equipped with no bleed, no show-through paper, you can take almost any marker or pen you can throw at it. Get 10% off with code ARMY at airship.store. Hey everyone, it's Mike Rohde and I'm here with my friend Julia Cupa. Did I say that right, Julia? Yeah,
1: more or less. (laughs) Pretty close. It's everyone, a... even in Ukraine, struggle with pronunciation of it. So it's fine.
0: yeah, yeah. You mentioned that it's a, a even an unusual name in uh, Ukrainian. So maybe you can give a little tidbit in that in your origin story. But before we get to that, let's first say, Julia, who are you and what do you do?
1: Yeah, hello everyone. Hello, Mike. I'm very happy to be here with you today. Uh, so my name is Julia Knupa. I'm 32. I'm Ukrainian, and Last year, I feel like I became even more Ukrainian.
2: Mm.
1: And uh, yeah, I speak to you from the United Kingdom, where I'm temporarily based. And we will see where life will bring me next. But yeah, originally, I'm from Ukraine. Mm. Mm. And I'm a visual practitioner, sketch noter, graphic facilitator, whatever you call it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mm-hmm. help to translate ideas into visual language.
0: Mm. So now, do you um, the, an interesting question would be? I know that you use digital tools. You also use analog tools like large boards and markers and such. How does what does your practice look like when you do that work?
1: Yeah, um, actually, I need really to come back in time uh, to talk about this because okay. mostly it happened in Ukraine and mm. before COVID and of course before the war. Uh, so I worked as a graphic recorder on events. Uh, mostly they were conferences and sometimes strategic se- uh, strategic sessions in organizations,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, little and big, no matter. So mostly I worked being a most attentive listener in the room
2: mm-hmm.
1: and trying to keep all the ideas put on the paper or like foam board.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: this is another type of uh, paper I use. And yeah, this was... Uh, since 2017. I started my journey in my native town, Cherkasy, and then moved to the capital of Ukraine, Mm Kyiv. And yeah, uh, I spent wonderful few years doing this to different conferences, and I never, never put any efforts to promoting myself, so I still don't have a proper website. Mm. And yeah, it was always word of mouth uh, sharing information and my contacts. Yeah, hmm. <laughs> this is in short.
0: Interesting. Well, I, I've always believed that word of mouth is always the best kind of advertisement, uh, even better than having to send someone to a website. But of course, websites do provide good information and are valuable as well if you want to branch out. So, um, so it sounds like you started in the analog space in Ukraine, and now that you're in the UK, are you still doing analog practice? Do you, uh, do you like many practitioners see a shift towards digital for a variety of reasons? Is that true for you as well?
1: Mm-hmm. So last year, I brought me one chance to do an like analog uh, graphic recording. It was in Moldova in mm-hmm. October. Uh, two days of educational forum. Uh, mostly, I do now digital sketchnoting and graphic recording. Um, as I still mostly work with clients from Ukraine and sometimes from other countries. But yeah, mostly it's very, very convenient for all of us and cheaper for organizers of mm. events. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, it kills the magic of being pre- like present in the room with mm. other people. But if they all also di- present digitally, so... Mm. Yeah, It has no sense.
0: Mm. And then the last question I have around this is, have you experienced the case where you're doing your work on the iPad and it's, it is being projected on a screen to the side? Is that something you've experienced yourself?
1: Yeah, I tried it uh, mm-hmm. with a few organizers, but we found out that it not focuses people but distracts them. So uh, now I offer um, organizers both options, mm. but... Uh, After explanation, most of them come to idea of having it afterwards, Hmm. sending participants via email or somehow else. Mm
2: -hmm. Because,
1: Mm -hmm. yeah, you want to see a person who is talking to you when it's digital because it's so many distractions. And, yeah, it's better to be focused on people, not on drawings. Yeah. Interesting. In analog world, I would say the opposite.
0: (laughs) And I wonder, too, if it's... um. With the, with the analog world, because you're in the front and the scale is smaller for someone, say, in the back, right? They see someone's doing something. Maybe they catch a tidbit here and there. But if you're far enough in the back, you can't really read anything and you're, you're not tempted to, right? So you know it's happening, but your focus and attention is on the speaker. Whereas with digital, a lot of times you might have a pretty large screen. And then if you're like me, I'm zooming in to do work, right? And they're probably seeing the zoom in and the zoom out and the and so there's all this, you know, it can be very distracting in that regard where you can actually sort of see a little more, right? It almost draws you towards that in a way that analog maybe wouldn't. I'm just asking these questions because as this transition is happening and I encounter graphic recorders, I'm curious to see their experiences because everyone seems to have a little bit different one. And that's it's really great to hear your perspective on that. So let's let's shift into... I want to hear your origin story. Like, how did you become the Julia that we know, right? That we see your work and you're doing this work, right? You didn't just, you know, come out of kindergarten and suddenly you were a graphic facilitator, right? You had to build up and probably experience a lot of things. Tell us your story from when you were a little girl, like, what are some of the key moments that sort of directed you to the place where you are?
1: Yeah, it's a very nice question, uh, bringing me back in my memories, so... Yeah, you said about kindergarten. I never uh, was in the kindergarten, so (laughs) I spent my childhood with my granny. It was very calm and nice, Mm. and she was very, very nice and creative person. And I remember she spent a lot of time with me playing, showing me me how to find a way in the forest, drawing Mm. as well, as her dream was to become a painter. Mm. Uh, like uh, an artist, and unfortunately, uh, she didn't have this chance in her life. So, I, I feel when I'm drawing now that I'm kinda a little bit uh, mm. helping her to uh, fulfill her dream. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, I was I had a pretty basic childhood, very common uh, for post-Soviet countries, nothing really special, and it was pretty boring by the time I became a student. Uh, So my first degree is in publishing and editing. Mm. As when I was a kid, I liked to read books so much. And um, Mm. my dream was to create books and uh, to help people to get really interesting and important information in a nice way. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and I liked to write things. So I was really happy to play with wording, with editing. Of course, uh, when it comes to English, I'm not so good uh, at Mm. (laughs) explanations. But yeah, in my native languages, I'm much better. Believe me, just believe me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And Yeah. Also, when I became a student, I found out that uh, there is not much happening in my little hometown. Mm. So I started to look for opportunities to grow and to travel as well, as my uh, family didn't have a lot of money, so I never left my hometown
2: Mm.
1: till the time I was like 17, 18. Mm. And yeah, I started to apply for different trainings, projects, conferences, and that's how I discovered that a lot of youth is participating in something like non-formal civic education. And I was really, really excited about this. Mm. So that's how I decided like deeply in my heart that I want to become a facilitator, a trainer, mm. and to not to be only a participant of this, but also to guide other people. So by the time I finished the uni, I uh, already was a facilitator in youth programs. i really, really grateful for this education to Theodore Hoy's colleague. Uh, This is a German uh, program Mm. and yeah, also a nice and interesting part of the story is that I was a journalist,
2: Mm.
1: a TV presenter and uh, in newspaper when I was a student. It was a very fun, funny experience for me and also my granny was very proud that Mm. she can turn on tv and see me
2: on the screen
1: (laughs) this was something exciting about this yeah and it also taught me that people really uh, like when information is set up nicely Mm -hmm. and that time is money because on tv you suddenly realize that one minute is very expensive. So you start to put words in short,
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> which is also a very useful skill to what I do know. And yeah, so seven years of um, facilitation of youth projects uh, gave me a lot of nice opportunities to learn about people, diversity, social mm. projects. It gave me a chance to travel a little bit around the world. Not like the world around around Eastern Europe, let's say.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but it was a very great experience when I started to think that mm, it's something, the world is something much more interesting than my little hometown. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. This, re- yeah. this, re- this reminds me a little bit of an interview we had last season with... Um, with Natalia Talchowska, who grew up in Poland, in post-Soviet Poland. Really similar sort of experience where she was just really hungry to see the world and to get out. Probably a little bit of a similar personality. So we'll make sure and put a link in the show notes. So if you want to connect that between Julia and Natalia, you can listen to both of those those, uh, interviews. Anyway, continue. Please continue.
1: Yeah, cool. And yeah, this brought me to the moment of my life when I was practicing, um, like doing seminars with young people. And I saw that my colleagues, especially from Germany, are using like wonderful skills drawing while explaining something. Mm. And I was really excited. I never saw anything like this. It was uh, like totally new world for me. But I thought that it's absolutely impossible to learn how to do Mm. this as I never job before like I was 25 Mm -hmm. so it was just kind of a dream but I never even tried because I didn't believe that I it's possible for me Mm. Um, but in 2016 it was my birthday and I was very lonely (laughs) that day (laughs) so I decided to scroll Facebook and I saw that there is a training in Kiev, in the capital of my city, on visual storytelling. Mm. So it's three, it takes three hours to get to Kiev mm. from my okay. city. So I bought myself a ticket and went to this training. Mm. And I was so excited. It was the best uh, birthday present I could give, my, give to myself. Yeah. And I tried that. Yeah. Basically, I can do this and I can use it on trainings. And I started to put it in practice and at the end of the year I created my first big visual um, recording and participants were excited because Mm. in Ukraine that time there there was only one person who did this like professionally and yeah no one was uh, really acquainted with this kind of i would say social art so yeah that was amazing and it gave me an inspiration and gave me confidence that i'm able to do this so yeah i decided from the first day that it's a very difficult thing to do it's not like hobby so i need mm-hmm. to do this for money <laughs> so i set up a tiny tiny price for it but for me just to know that i'm do this to grow and to be a professional and not just to play with it. Mm -hmm. So I took it very seriously, um, but I didn't get any support from uh, my uh, ex-partner. He said he saw my picture, like first picture, and he said, oh, such a shame. I don't (laughs) think that anyone will pay you for this. (laughs) Wow. And that made me so angry. Yeah. And to be honest, anger anger is a power which really can bring you very far so I decided to prove
2: <laughs> him wrong <laughs> that,
1: <laughs> that he is wrong yeah
0: good, so good for I started
1: you. to create visual notes yeah <laughs> so now I do visual notes digitally and if needed offline I do explainer videos animated mm-hmm. uh, stories and I also teach sketchnoting people mm. In Ukraine, in Ukrainian language, and for a few years, I think few hundreds of people hmm. uh, learned it with me, and I always recommend them your books, Mike.
0: <laughs> wow, that's great! And my book is in Ukrainian, by the way. I think you know this, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, of course.
0: I don't know how yeah, well I don't know how well it's selling. I haven't gotten a report on it, but anyway,
1: I'm sure I'm sure I was a great uh, promoter of your book, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So half half of books in Ukrainian are sold because of me.
0: <laughs> right, I like it. <laughs> Joking. You may not be wrong, actually. Well, we'd have to see, but um, <laughs> and you know, along this this story, I don't know where this fits in, but we met each other in uh, Portugal when we went to the International Sketch Note Camp. That's when I remember first meeting you and chatting with you really briefly because a lot of yeah, people were yeah. talking and stuff. But it was really fun, and I thought um, that sort of brought full circle for me knowing that the book had been translated into Ukrainian and I have copies here. And that, you know, honestly that I really, you know, I'm, I'm pretty aware of the world, but I just, Ukraine was sort of a blind spot for me. I just never thought of it separately from, you know, Russia, simply because when you, when I grew up, they were kind of this, the same thing, right? Like that's probably my own Mm -hmm. blind spot. So I was really excited when I learned that there was this, well, there's really a, like a separate language. And then as the more I learned, like, actually, this culture is really old. It's a really old culture. And it's uh, this whole different experience. So that was kind of my first awareness. Then, of course, uh, then I met Yuri Malashenko, who I learned is Ukrainian as well. And then suddenly, like all these Ukrainians started popping up in my experience, like you. And I think there's some others that I've met in so it was kind of a fun awakening for me like wow there's this whole country I didn't even know that it was I was not aware of it and now I now it is and there's these really cool people and my book is in this language like it it sort of was a fun way to be introduced to a country in a really positive way so anyway that that's our yeah. somewhere somewhere in the story we met each other I think that was 2018 in Portugal um where we met so
1: yeah yeah I think so yeah, this, this was my first time ever I met a visual community. Really? Because, yeah, because Ukraine is really, really far from yeah. what is happening yeah. in uh, Central and Western Europe. Yeah, and I felt like I'm really the first person who came from so far uh, to SketchNote camp. Yeah, and I was excited and Uh, I remember it was very expensive for me, so Mm -hmm. this was my first time I asked uh, the community for support, I said, I can volunteer, I can Mm -hmm. do something there, so please just give me a chance to come, I I will be really, really excited to see all of you. Because I, on on the time, I only could follow people on Instagram. and. Mm It was unbelievable to see all them offline. Yeah, that was great. And when I saw you, I, I even didn't have words. I was so scared to approach you and I was so happy then when you approached me, <laughs> like, oh my gosh <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. I remember you being yeah. very quiet and you know then we we were chatting after I think it was after a session, I don't know which session, maybe it was Michael Clayton's session potentially or something anyway, doesn't matter. So, but I remember we had a good, a good discussion, but you know, there's so many people in those camps. Like you're sort of lucky if you get maybe 30 minutes with somebody, you know, unless you intentionally spend time together. So yeah, it was really great to meet you there. Hmm. Well, that's, that's really interesting. Interesting. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, uh, coming back to what you said uh, before about Ukraine and Ukrainian language, I also had a feeling, and in my childhood, it was a very common narrative that, you know, Ukraine is a part of uh, brotherhood, of big brotherhood, Mm -hmm. and also my family had has some roots or like not roots but history connected with Russia Mm -hmm. and uh, my granny and my mom were born in Siberia which is very far yes and it's a very cold place yeah but uh, life circumstances brought them to Ukraine so I was born there and uh, but I always um, knew a lot of facts about Russia, Russian culture, we spoke Russian in in our family and mm. even my school studies were in Russian. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I grew up um, um, on a lot of very propagandist narrati- narratives, mm. let's mm-hmm. say. So yeah, it's a very common story, unfortunately, for a lot of citizens of my country. Uh, but the good thing, which is happening now. We are finally becoming very, very independent Mm -hmm. and uh, the freedom of um, thinking, the freedom of expressing your culture and like, yeah, I would say that being Ukrainian is not about your origin, but about um, what you feel yourself, about your soul, about your values and how you identify yourself. So even Mm. it came out that I don't have any uh, Russian origin. I'm Jewish, which is another funny story. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel so much Ukrainian these days and um, Mm. yeah, I feel like I'm so much um, with my country and it is in my heart every day and it made me even more Ukrainian these Mm. days.
0: I can imagine. I can't even imagine what that would be like. You know, I, it's not even in my ability to imagine what it would be like. So I'm so glad that you made it safely. Now, so, um, I guess it's somewhere in this origin story. I'd love for you to tell like sort of what happened when you were there and how you got to the UK and all that stuff. It's really important for us to hear.
1: Yeah. So in uh, Feb- on February 24th, uh, 2022, like a lot of people in my country, I woke up from explosions and sirens in my city,
2: mm.
1: and the first thing I did, I thought, uh, I thought this is a siren of ambulance, because I was sleepy and I didn't realize what is going on. Mm-hmm. And I thought that all the explosions are also happened in my night dream. Mm. Uh, I didn't take it serious, even I was very worrying uh, worried before. Um, so I was anxious like a few months before the war happened. I kind Mm -hmm. of had a feeling that something gonna happen. Yeah. So the first thing I did, I opened the chat with my friends and saw. and I saw a message, Oh my God, girls, the, the war is started. So, uh, I remember that I had a very, very, um, clear thinking and I managed to do it very quickly. I mean. Uh, I realized that I cannot stay there mm. because I'm, um, uh, in short, I have some mental disorder, which is like anxiety. And mm. um, I couldn't stay there because I knew that um, unfortunately I couldn't manage uh, yeah,
0: to, too much. to be
1: productive. And yeah, so I decided to move um, from Ukraine the same day. Mm. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, it was a long journey. Um, as I live in the very center of Ukraine. By the way, I think that a lot of listeners um, even don't realize how big is our country. It's it is, the biggest yeah. uh, country in Europe. Uh, it's... Uh, as I, I don't remember if it's bigger than France or France is bigger, but we are kind of the close. same size. It's a yeah. huge country. Yeah. Yeah, so it took me one day to get to the border and I spent two days on the border. So it mm. was... 36 hours in the car um, with my friends. Uh, My friend helped me to escape. She was driving and, yeah, I spent uh, one month in Poland um, Mm -hmm. and it is an amazing country. Uh, Thank you all Polish people um, who are listening to this now. Uh, You are really great and your support of Ukraine is priceless and what Mm -hmm. you did to help our country is amazing and yeah not to underestimate the help of other countries just uh, we could really feel that this is a real friend Mm. now yeah Mm. to us and um, yeah later when the united kingdom started a governmental program which allowed ukrainians to come because early it was very, very difficult mm-hmm. uh, to, to get visa to the UK for us. And it's really an amazing uh, chance um, to start your life somewhere in a safe place with all the support provided from this mm. country. So mm. they offered local people to host Ukrainians. Mm. So it it is an amazing thing. and. All last year was about feeling how world world is supporting me and yeah a wonderful family in the uk offered to host me so i still there <laughs> i mm-hmm. still here and um yeah i'm very very grateful to this amazing family who has mm. eight children in total wow. and they call me the ninth yeah uh kid and <laughs> I really can feel it. I can tell this. Yeah. And um, all other people who I met here also very supportive and Mm. amazing. Mm. And I even met here an amazing partner, like the best person I ever met in the whole life. And Andy, I know you're listening and watching Mm. this. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is an amazing journey. Um, Even it sounds horrible. Because of all these difficult circumstances, um, a lot of, like, millions of people had to go through, Uh, some of us really (laughs) suddenly could feel that our dreams came true. A lot of us wanted Mm. to travel and we got this. A lot of us wanted to try something new. We have all this, but unfortunately Mm. not in the way we usually plan to have this. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, It took me like half of a year to uh, feel where I am, what is going on in general, to find out myself standing um, steadily on the ground. And yeah, I started to uh, look for chances to continue what I was doing, because I remember that it's such an amazing thing when you do what you love, it -hmm. supports you. I don't want to share it as a long story, but uh, what I was doing in Ukraine, like visual uh, facilitation, etc., it helped me to overcome depression, mm. of course, combined with the help of a specialist, but it is an amazing thing. If you can do what you love, it really helps you to be focused on your goals and your dreams. So mm. yeah, and that's how I found out that, oh, my old iPad is not working anymore <laughs> like it used to. Yeah, I I, uh, I don't know how to say this in English. So I cleaned it from the dust and I found out, oh my gosh, it works only like 30 minutes oh, um, wow. even being plugged in. Wow. I, I cannot provide quality services to my right. clients anymore. And unfortunately, yeah. It was not so popular last year in Ukraine to have visual facilitation as not so many yeah. conferences happened. Yeah, so I had to start looking for new clients, and mm. uh, yeah, it was a very stressful moment. However, one day I decided, oh my gosh, why I'm struggling so hard trying to like earn really little money? if i can ask people to help me because i remember that um if you ask you ca- you have a chance to get it if mm-hmm. you don't ask you will never get this so i decided i will try i didn't believe that um it will be fast i didn't believe that a lot of people uh would love to support uh, an an unknown person really stranger <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, As um, I was really, really, um, I I didn't, I I would say, I wasn't a part of English-speaking visual community for Mm -hmm. a long time. Yeah. Um, I was very focused uh, on Ukraine and people I worked with. It was really needed that time, so... I never mm-hmm. invested a lot of efforts and time uh, to be in touch with English-speaking visual practitioners. Uh, however, it was an exciting moment when I realized that oh, I can message some people I know, and that's how I messaged you, and you were so kind to share um, my request. I created a fundraising company campaign. Um, on GoFundMe and yeah I just ask people if they will be so kind to support a person who has to start a new life from from the scratch and yeah uh, it was a magical period of two weeks when I was like sitting and realizing that a known person from Malaysia Hmm. sent me five dollars a person I don't know and I really was sitting and sending mental <laughs> mental love and kindness and uh, gratitude to people I never saw before uh, for the support and help. And yeah, in two weeks, we got the amount I needed and I bought myself an iPad and I was able to create again. And mm. it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And it made me think how much... Uh, community matters mm. and how we can really support each other. So in my uh, goal list is one day to pay it back or pay it forward. Mm-hmm. However, today I need to be focused on helping uh, right. my country and I yeah. try to do as much I can to, to work for Ukraine and to donate uh, to support my people.
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
0: that's uh, that's a, that was a great story. I remember when you reached out and I thought well this is exactly what our community is supposed to be here for. If we can't take of take care of someone like this, then what are we doing right? Why are we even here? So I when I posted it and encouraged some friends, I just felt like, okay c- come on community like you gotta you gotta show up here because this is what it's about and everybody did I think I, I haven't looked at the campaign but I think we exceeded. Whatever you're, you had a sort of a minimum requirement, I think we exceeded it by the end, which was a really good feeling, and a lot of people contributed, right? There was a variety of people, quite a list, so yeah. that was really encouraging to me to see that.
1: Yeah, if you are listening now, this wonderful people, um, I, I'm sending you my best uh, wishes and gratitude mm. for supporting me. Thank you very much again.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was exciting. It was really fun to see that happen and know that we were making an impact because we could all see what was happening and i think the other thing too was you know i i did some donations toward ukraine for food and other stuff but you feel like especially in the u.s maybe not so much in europe i guess you sort of feel like it's so distant right and then the problem of the news cycle means you know in (laughs) in a week like you forget about it because it's not on the front page and you know The fact that I knew Ukrainians, it was more on my mind pretty often, but you feel a little bit like, how can I have an impact? Like, you know, you can donate, but it still feels like so distant. So having a person who started her life over and needs this help to do the things that we all do, that felt like, wow, we can, I can actually apply something to a person who's doing the work that we do. And she's part of our community and I've met her and, and that was a really great feeling to have that direct uh, impact often the donations you don't see like the people getting fed or the whatever you're donating to is sort of distant so this is great to see see it directly go to you and to help you move forward so as much as it helped you i think it also helped us right so it's a in a community it's really a win-win situation where you win because you can move forward and we win because we feel like we're making a difference in your life so that that's a really great great way to be yeah this I think. is
1: amazing. Yeah, yeah, and since that time, uh, using this equipment, I already like finished more than 20 different projects wow. for Ukraine. Yeah, a few animations, a lot of uh, visual notes. I was surprised, but by the end of the, the 2022, a lot of conferences uh, happened and most of them are now... Devoted to the topic, how can we support each other? Mm. How can we develop our country, in, even in these circumstances? Mm-hmm. How can we rebuild our country? So that me, that made me think about what should I do when I come back to Ukraine? Mm. What will be my, um, what will be my next step to support my country? So mm. I decided, while I'm here in England, I have a great plan um, to make a master degree. Mm -hmm. Uh, In illustration, uh, it's a very strange uh, choice for a visual practitioner to choose illustration because it's kind of what we are moving from, like, because Mm -hmm. it's very, very, like, um, the idea of illustration is very different from what Mm -hmm. we are doing. It's about ideas, not art. But. Uh, I found out a very nice program which helps uh, to design you, your learning path and I showed them what I'm doing and they said, okay, we're going to support you wow. in learning what, whatever you need. So yeah, now I'm applying for university and this is a, a, a dream and never I never told anyone except of my few friends about this. And today I'm sharing with wow. everyone about this. Yeah, I hope that when I come back to Ukraine, I will be able to um, illustrate something really important, like hmm. uh, something about social issues, um, mm-hmm. like strategic sessions, how to rebuild the country, et cetera, et cetera. So I want to really come back and being well prepared to this. And have all the skills and um, mm. yeah, to show how how much we can do when we work together and think mm. visually.
0: Mm. That's really great. That's such a great wrap up to that story. And it's not the wrap up, right? Because you still have it when you return. That will be the next phase of the story. So it's a great it's great to hear that story and to hear that you're investing in yourself. Because I think investing in yourself will eventually lead to investing in your country. That's a really great way to think about it long-term, I think.
1: Yeah, I think every visual practitioner uh, going to metaphor is kind of a prism uh, which accepts a, a light and helps to spread the light. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So,
1: Interesting. Yeah, and if you can be a really sharp prism, you can do a lot of uh, change in the world. Mm. So I hope to be... Um, uh, a nice prism for your
0: crane. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's, I love that imagery. I love that imagery. This episode of the Sketchnote Army podcast is brought to you by Concepts, a perfect tool for sketchnoting, available on iOS, Windows, and Android. Concepts Infinite Canvas lets you sketchnote in a defined area while still enjoying infinite space around it. To write a quick note, scribble an idea, or keep pre-drawn visual elements handy for when you need the most. The infinite canvas lets you stretch out and work without worrying if you'll run out of space. And when combined with powerful vector drawing that offers high-resolution output and complete brush and stroke control, you have a tool that's perfect for sketch noting. Search concepts in your favorite app store to give it a try. Well, it's hard to uh, to shift away. Just want to keep on enjoying hearing about this this all the work that you're doing. But I think it's really important that we continue with uh, tools. So at this point, talk a little bit about like what are your favorite tools? We'll start with analog tools, which I know maybe you're not using as much, but maybe they're still part of your practice. And then, of course, digital tools. What are your favorite software and other things that help you do the work you do?
1: Yeah, of course. So um, talking about analog tools, um, I'm, like, I'm not original. I use what most of visual practitioners in the world use. I use quality markers like Neuland mm-hmm. because they are available in Europe and foam board because I guess it's more thick and mm. um, it stay longer than paper. Mm-hmm. And I know that some companies I worked with still have this uh, boards in their mm. offices. Mm-hmm. So it helps to prolong the effect of uh, session, which Mm -hmm. is um, visualized. Also, sometimes I use just usual paper like um, usual A4, Mm -hmm.
0: like printer paper, paper
1: paper and palette pen. Yeah, so nothing really original. And I always compare it to like cooking our favorite Ukrainian dish, borscht. uh, if you come to a person who, like, usually it's a woman who made a nice borscht, you don't tell her, oh, you maybe have a good pot because <laughs> it's all about skills. So the same about visualization. Good yeah. good equipment is important, but it's mostly dependent on skills and love and knowledge, yeah. not about only, yeah. So I always, when people... Uh, learn sketchnoting with me, I always say, no matter which instruments you have today, we will draw anyway, Mm -hmm. even if it is a toilet paper, I don't care. (laughs) So please just bring some paper and some pen. And yeah, when it comes to digital instruments, I use iPad Pro with a pencil and Procreate. I chose them uh, just because a lot of visual practitioners um, in Facebook community advised it, so Mm -hmm. I just started to use them and never, (laughs) never switched to anything else. And I can recommend, um, it's very unusual, but I would recommend a service, online service Canva, which is Ah, for non-designers. Yes. Because it's so well developed nowadays that you can really create something kind of visual note style, even without drawing, if you don't Mm. have anything like tablet or... Mm-hmm. yeah it's very easy nowadays and for animations i use Toonly and doodly which is kind of the same company mm. uh, who produces them yeah this is a very basic um uh, software yeah and yeah i'm pretty satisfied with what you can create because i didn't want to invest too much because mm-hmm. i was not sure if i will continue doing this mm-hmm. but yeah People are very satisfied with what I produce because it's very quick when you for example create an animation with a cool animation studio it takes months but yeah, I can really create it in a few days, mm. which is amazing nowadays
0: that's great you have all the all the power right there in that iPad with some software, which is great
1: yeah that's true
0: cool well, I love that you have a simple tool set you know I believe in being able to go to the uh the drugstore and find your pens and your paper and be able to work right so again it's really about your skills and your love and your soul and not so much about the tools but good tools do help right bad tools can definitely distract so um yeah let's shift into tips now so um the way i frame this is imagine someone's listening who's a visual thinker whatever that means to them they feel like they're on a plateau they're they haven't they're not growing And they need some encouragement they need some inspiration what would be three things that you would tell them either practical or uh theoretical to help them think about ways they can move forward
1: it's a very nice question and uh, i think i'm a person who needs a boost now because Hmm. uh, i start to work with absolutely new audience for me english-speaking audience so Mm -hmm. i will give this tips first of all, to myself. And I hope that they will be useful to someone else. So the first principle I always use when I try to do something new, uh, when I need uh, to learn something is like fake it till you make it, but Mm. I change it a little bit. Like, I do it as a game.
2: Mm.
1: Um, You can pretend being a master in this and doing this, or you you can think that you are a YouTube vlogger and you are telling <laughs> to your audience how to do this or teach a, like five year kid how to do this. So I kind of try to pretend that I already know how to do this because I find I find it much easier to advise to someone than to do it myself. So I pretend mm-hmm. that I'm just advising. So fake it <laughs> till we make it is the first principle.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah, Yeah. And the second one is um, about work life balance. So I never understood it earlier, but now I realize how it is important to observe beauty Mm. and consume quality content. So um, I really recommend to get inspiration from everywhere, from colleagues, from traveling um, to follow people from different industries. For example, I found a lot of inspiration in design industry, psychology, coaching, hmm. uh, facilitation. So, uh, just continue learning every day and follow good people on Instagram. Let's say <laughs> this is the second tip. And the third one is a very important gift of allowing yourself to be yourself. Mm. uh what I mean by this um that for example, I'm a very slow thinker and slow mm. doer, <laughs> so um <laughs> I give myself permission to do it in my own pace, yeah, and um with my own style, even sometimes I think, oh my gosh, it's so ugly, why people at all should like this or should pay for this even
2: <laughs> um
1: but I know now that authenticity is. The, the most important value in um, our days, nowadays. So mm. authenticity is very important. So please allow yourself to be yourself and be very kind to yourself.
2: Mm.
1: It's very easy to say, but it's very difficult to do. <laughs> but it's uh, a moment where you are healing your inner child and be just very kind to what you're doing and talk to yourself as a caring parent and support yourself. Like it's wonderful what you can uh, reach when you're kind to yourself.
0: Mm. Those are three great. I love those tips. All three of those. The the last Mm -hmm. one I especially like. And I often tell people give yourself grace because especially new learners who are doing sketchnoting the very first time, like, okay, look, you've never done this before. How can you expect to be amazing? It's gonna take time you know give yourself let yourself be yourself right in that in that sense so I love that one especially well Julia this is um, like we thought was gonna go really fast so here we are at the end of the show can you believe it um, no this is crazy <laughs> <laughs> and so now now what I want to do is um, uh, let people know where they can find you your social media um, I'm gonna make the bet that your website will be done by the time this episode comes out so. Um, we'll if it is we'll make sure and put all these in the show notes so if you want to contact Julia and reach out to her to connect with her if you've got projects for her um, what is the best place to start
1: yeah any social media like Facebook Instagram or LinkedIn you can find me with the name Julia Knuper and hopefully I will have a working website uh, by the time <laughs> when this episode will come up. And also, if you want to kind of learn something and to hear some inspiration from me, on YouTube there is uh, my TEDx talk in Ukrainian, oh. but, but with English subtitles. Subtitles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, it was in 2019, and I talked there about creative confidence. Mm. So, if you want to learn about this, please find this on YouTube.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll make sure and we'll have you, Julia, we'll have you send some links to us and we'll make sure those get into the podcast show notes so people can click on it and watch that as well. And so do you, um, last question is, do you know what your website uh, domain name or U- URL will be for the website yet? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Because
2: uh,
0: normally I would have, you know, had you give the website and then people would just type it in and go there. <laughs> And maybe by the time they hear this, it would be live, but okay.
1: That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I want to thank you for this wonderful chance to talk to you and to all you people who are listening to this now. And I know that it's cheeky, but I want to ask you to continue to support Ukraine because the war is Mm -hmm. not over and we are fighting for the whole democracy and freedom in the world. So please continue support Ukraine and I will be absolutely happy to work with people from different countries please please mm. uh, reach me if you want uh, to support Ukrainian artists <laughs> yes
0: I love it I love it but well, we definitely will thank you Julia for your time and for everyone who's listening that's another episode of the Sketch Note army podcast that's wrapping up and until the next episode this is Mike and I'll talk to you soon the sketchnote army podcast was created by me mike rody and brought to you by road design studios it's produced and edited by alec polianis of amp creative studios the theme music was created by john Schiedemeyer. to support the creation of this show i invite you to buy one of my books the sketchnote handbook or the sketchnote workbook you can find the books on amazon or go to peachpit.com and use the code rody 40 for 40 percent off Please share this podcast with other visual thinking friends and be sure to leave a nice rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app so others can find the show.